What is the Great Reset, and how could the Great Reset relate to Bible prophecy? Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View from the Wall. Welcome to A View from the Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs here with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we have an important program for you today. Many are talking about a great reset that needs to take place following the COVID-19 pandemic. Yet many aspects of this great reset sound like globalist controls found in the predictions of the Bible about the last days. How should we respond as followers of Christ? To answer, we are joined by Brandon Holthouse, pastor of Rock Harbor Church in Bakersfield, California. Using scripture and his extensive research, Brandon will bring us insights regarding what the Bible teaches regarding concerns with this great reset. Brandon, welcome back to A View from the Wall today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's a blessing to have you with us, and we're looking forward to sharing this topic with our listeners today. It's a subject that many prophecy ministries are discussing recently. So let's just start with the basics. Talk about, if you would, as we begin, what is the great reset and what does it have to do with Bible prophecy and the last days? Yeah, good question. Well, the Great Reset, um, the name is, is derived from the UN, the World Economic Forum. So they've been toying with this name, and this is the name they're using. But we know it as other things called globalism, New World Order, uh, you know, the Green New Deal. Uh, it has the Agenda 2030. It has all kinds of different names, but they're now calling it the Great Reset. They seem to change the terminology. And what it is, basically, to bottom line all this, is that it's the, the world's desire, basically, the World Economic Forum, along with the UN and globalists and international banking and whatnot, their desire to create basically a one-world government, a one-world economy, using a pseudo-religious system. And basically what you're going to have is a, a global, communistic, fascistic, corporate fascism, I should say, System, which the Bible predicts. And so that's why it piqued our interest, because the very things that they're aiming at and going for is predicted in the Bible. Brandon, Klaus Schwab is the founder of the World Economic Forum, and he, I'm going to quote directly from their website and from his book that he co-wrote a number of years ago. He said that the Great Reset is an opportunity to make the world better, more resilient, and to capitalize on accelerating change. Yeah. That sounds really good. What's wrong with that? <laughs> it does sound so great because when they say those flowery words, you're thinking, what could be wrong with that? We all want a better world. But the thing is, it's how they want to do it. They think what's going to make the world better is a global digital currency that they can control. And they can control the buying and selling of individuals. They want to right all the wrongs, they'll say. We want to, we want to make everything equal. Well, really, it's not usually what they mean. It means they want everything equitable. So what it means is they're going to steal from those who have and give to those who have not. And they're going to do it through either high taxations or global taxations or deflating uh, uh, the dollar by introducing more currency. So the goals for them go against the Bible. They want you know, to eliminate private property. They want to eliminate you know, uh, people having their own health care. 
that you have a decision to what and what and what you do for your health. So they're going to establish a health dictatorship because they think they know better. And see, that's one of the main problems with these individuals is they think they're the elite and they know better. And they think they know better than God how to set up a society. And so everything they're trying to do to create this utopia goes against what God would allow. So, for instance, and, and their major thing is the ends justify the means. So they want everyone to have equal, not opportunity, but equal outcomes. They want a universal income. Well, in order to have that, you have to steal in order to achieve that. Steal from those who have to give it to those who don't. On a national level, you know, for instance, they're going to plan to take from America and redistribute America's money to other third world countries and make it equal. So they're going to bring us down by stealing from us and giving it to others. So, so when they say they want to make the world a better place, they do so through evil means. And, and so therefore, what they're doing isn't biblical. It goes against the Bible, goes against God, and therefore we can't support that. Well, that's well said. And one thing I like to point out to our listeners is that when we talk about a great reset, it sounds like this one-time event where you push a button and it starts over. But this may not be the case when we talk about it in this context. Is this something that will happen on a specific day or time, or is it some kind of progression of events that we should be looking at? Yeah, good question. I think what you have to realize is this has been going on for some time. They're planning of this. So there, these new things that, that uh, they're coming out publicly now with the World Economic Forum website, because they state it right there. So anyone that wants to get that information can go and read it for themselves. But this kind of stuff that you read on the World Economic Forum has been brewing underground for a long time. I mean, it reaches back decades upon decades. And it's been pushed through the UN and other organizations like that. But now it's reached a critical mass. Now it has so many people on its side, it doesn't have to stay hidden. The agenda now is exposed, and they don't care if it's exposed because they feel empowered now that they have enough people in places of power, enough global elites along with this, that they can just reveal what they're going to do. And so now we're, we're, we're seeing that, you know, hey, they want to do this. So it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. They used to call us conspiracy nuts. But now that they say it, it's not a conspiracy, they say it themselves. And, and so what their goal is, is to achieve this corporate fascism, global corporate fascism, global government, global digital currency, and eliminate carbon emissions and redistribute wealth and all this stuff to make everything equal by 2030. And that, if you read on the World Economic Forum, that seems to be the target date for all their goals, is 2030. And again, it's a picking up of, of Agenda uh, 2030 which is a, a cataclysmic disaster economically. Uh, but they want to, you know, stop glow, uh, uh, carbon and fossil fuels and, and, and stop the so-called global warming and, and redistribute wealth. And uh, it, it's just provide universal housing, provide universal health care. And you're thinking, that's insane. Where are you going to get the money for that? We're talking trillions and trillions of dollars that's necessary for that, and the world doesn't have it. And yet they still want to do it. And so they're, they're pushing hard for 2030. Whether they'll achieve that goal, we don't know, but we do know this. With a Biden administration, the, the, the wheels are greased here in America for this to happen. 
and they're pushing pretty hard here in America. So we're going to probably see some dramatic changes in the near future uh, if they get their will accomplished. Well, this is important information, but we have to take a quick break. Stay with us, and we'll talk more with Brandon here in a moment on A View from the Wall. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus shared a message to seven churches. When John wrote the book of Revelation, there were about 100 churches in Greater Asia. Why these seven churches? These churches were not the largest or most notable. Two of the seven had grave issues. Many believe Jesus chose to speak to these churches because their location and ministry are representative of both future periods of church history and the major issues individuals and churches struggle with today. If you would like to learn more about the Lord's timeless message to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, then visit imawatchman.com and type churches in the search bar at the top right of the homepage. That's churches in the search bar to access the multi-part study. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As we continue our conversation today with Pastor Brandon Holdhouse, we want to discuss the role of the WEF and the global resets, as well as other aspects of Bible prophecy. As we ended our last segment, we were talking about this idea of whether the reset is a one-time event or a collection of smaller events. But now we want to talk a little bit about the biblical aspects. So Brandon, talk a little bit about the timing of these issues and the Great Reset. Is this something that happens before the rapture, during the tribulation, before and after? Tell us how this all pans out. Sure. Yeah, I think the better way to look at it is it's a series of goals they're going to accomplish. So the question then remains for us as believers, uh, how much are we going to see of this? Well, right now we're seeing a lot. We're seeing more than what a lot of believers thought. A lot of believers thought they would already be raptured by now, and they haven't. We've seen a lot. So the question then remains, theologically, how much will we see? Well, it depends on the timing of the rapture. Now, we know uh, I'm a pre-trib rapture guy. Uh, I believe the Bible predicts the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation. Okay. But depending on how close that rapture is to the tribulation will depend on how much we see. So, like, we can be raptured tonight, and we can see none of this come to fruition. But if the rapture is closer to the tribulation, then it probably implies that we're going to see some setup. We're going to see some of their goals being accomplished. Uh, perhaps it's possible we, if we're, we're still here, uh, we could see the digital currency get set up because they're pushing very hard for that. Um, we, could put, we could start seeing a global taxation. And, and then vice versa, we could, we could see nothing you know, at this point if we're rapture tonight. But that's one of the things I think it's important for Bible students to understand. The rapture's imminent, but it, the rapture doesn't mean first event. There apparently, from what we understand from Scripture, there's a seven-year tribulation, obviously, and a lot is encapsulated in that period of time. But when you study it, it obviously seems that there are things already set in place when the, you enter into the tribulation. So when you study it, you're like, the, the one world government's already functioning. It's already broken up into a 10-league confederation. The digital currency seems to be functioning at that point in time. Buying and selling is controlled digitally, it seems to be. And so 
it appears that there has been a run-up, that a lot of things have already been put in place. And then, for instance, the Whore of Babylon is, is front and center, uh, the world religion that's controlling things for at least the first three and a half years of the tribulation. So this, this new religion, uh, this fake religion, this 180ism I call it, or lawless system, seems to ha- have already taken root. And we're already seeing that today. Uh, the buildup of the Whore of Babylon. So my thing is, we possibly could see a lot more setup, I would call it, than most people expected. I think it's important when we talk about these things that people have some balance and don't understand, or, or that they do understand that not everything on this list is inherently evil in itself. I mean, you look at the list of things they want to accomplish. It includes things like addressing world hunger, um, sure. solving, you know, disease, eradicating diseases, even cybersecurity is on their list mm-hmm. of goals. So yeah. how do we look at that as the church and what we yeah. should be accomplishing versus what we hand over to the world? Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of those goals are noble. It's again, it's for them though, it's the ancient, the ends justify the means. And with the biblical mindset, the ends are justified and the means are also justified as well. So how they want to accomplish solving poverty is by stealing. Well, the Bible doesn't advocate stealing to eradicate poverty. And so, and one of the things we have to understand about even poverty, it's, it's a noble goal. To, they, they want like 100% no poverty. Well, already Messiah has already said, the poor you will always have with you. So we know that's never going to be eradicated until Messiah comes. And so a lot of their goals are noble, but as a Bible believer, they're not going to be accomplished in a fallen world. They only will be accomplished when Jesus rules and reigns from Jerusalem in the millennial kingdom. When you can truly have peace, when you can truly, everyone's treated equal in that sense, not in the communist sense. But equality, because that would be a noble thing. We want everyone to have an equal opportunity to make a living and do well. Well, that may not happen in a fallen world. We have to understand that some people live in dictatorships, and and they live in bad countries, and it may not be possible because of the fallen world. But in the Messianic kingdom, it can be. Does that mean we don't work towards it? No, we do. But understanding that we have a lot of forces against us, for them, though, they think they can get to that utopia through totalitarian rule. And that's the problem. We'll eliminate poverty by forcing the money out of the pockets of people who, who are privileged to have it and giving it away to those who don't. Well, that comes back to my original problem. The ends, you can't, if the ends are noble, it still, it doesn't justify evil means to do it. So, that's where a lot of Christians sometimes get caught up in this, and they don't know how to how to splice that out a little bit, and, and realize some of these goals seem okay, but uh, they're not going to be achievable. Um, you just don't have the money for it. I mean, how, like for instance, how is everybody going to have universal health care globally? Who's going to pay for that? You know, at some point you're going to run out of money, and I think like the world's in debt. Uh, $250 trillion, the whole world is, um, you're, you're, we're reaching levels of debt that no one can pay back. So, yeah, isn't it nice to have universal housing, like every person on the planet have a house to live in? Seems great, but I already know that's only going to be accomplished in the Messianic Kingdom, according to Isaiah 65. It's not, it can't be accomplished here because we don't have any money for all of that. So, 
biblically, that's where the balance has to come in. That's where we have to see things in that lens um, to realize, uh, yeah, some of these things are just not achievable. Uh, and you would actually hurt people to do it. So, for instance, they want open borders. Okay. And as in another example, they want open borders. They don't want people to be citizens. They want to be residents. And so what that means that you don't have to be a member of a country and you could vote in that country's election stuff, but they don't want any borders because, you know, uh, they're a global system. Well, what does that do for those who pay taxes in that country? What does it do for those who, you know, are, are, are citizens or members of that country? And then we have people coming over who don't and take from them. Uh, that's not justified. And they say, well, Brandon, they want a better life. Yeah, so do I. But that doesn't give me the right to go steal from my neighbor, even though I want a better life. So their their actions of saying we want people to have an opportunity ends up hurting other people. And that's what's happening to America. America is being slammed in the middle class. That's who they're slamming this uh, through and being drained of their money to help people that are non-citizens. And then people will come back, well, well, wouldn't Jesus do that? Uh, let's, let's talk about that. Would Jesus want us to hurt others to help other people? No, he would not. That's not sanctioned. He would want us to help people freely, but not forced. And that's their thing. They want to be the arbiters of how the money is dispensed. And that's called third-party spending, and that's evil. I should have the ability to tell people where, where I want my money to go, whether it's my church or a, a charity or whatever. But they want forced charity, and the Bible never advocates that. So I think that's the problem with a lot of this. This is some important information, and you've been listening to Brandon Holdhouse. We'll be back with more in a moment here on A View from the Wall. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the Rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings, all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. We've been enjoying an intriguing conversation with Pastor Brandon Holdhouse talking about the Great Reset, how it relates to Bible prophecy, and what we should be prepared for in these last days. As we talk about applications in this final segment, it's important to consider what we should really do in response to this information. For example, just recently in parts of our own nation, there were gas shortages where people weren't able to buy fuel for their cars. So what did people do? 
Uh, some got to a point of crisis, others hoarded materials. There was a lot of frustration and that was just with a couple of days of not having fuel in one part of our country. What would happen if it was much different? So we look at this and we wonder well, how should we respond? Should we panic? Should we stockpile? Should we live it up because the end is near? What is the correct Christian response, Brandon, as we look at all these factors we've been talking about today? Sure. I think the first thing that starts is you have to know what's going on. That, that's the only thing that's the foundation for how you should control your action. I got to know what's going on. And so that means that I need to be prepared. I need to be watching what they're doing. I need to be watching what the government's doing. I need to pay attention to the news. So many people are checking out. I understand the news is always negative, but you can't do that. You have to spend at least some time to know what's coming. You have to know about gas prices going up. You might need to know about food shortages because that's coming. And the big thing people need to realize now is hyperinflation is coming. It is coming their way. Bank of America just warned people that that uh, hyperinflation is coming. So what does that mean for me? Yeah, I need to do a few physical things. I might need to get a little bit extra food. I need to maybe get some gas or whatever, some prepping there, but but not go crazy, obviously. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prep like I would prep for a natural disaster, like a hurricane would come or a tornado or, or an earthquake here in California. That's normal. That's, that's, that's okay. It's when someone goes crazy and they're prepping for two and three years and you're like, whoa, where is the difference between prepping and trusting in God at that point? And so you got to make sure you're balanced in your physical preparation. I advocate getting somewhat prepped. Um, I can't tell you how much, um, but you, that's between you and God. But yeah, I would have a few things on hand just in case. Jay says there's a run on the stores, uh, supply lines are cut. You got to have something. So that's, that's a smart thing to do. But really to combat a, a spiritual problem, you have to be spiritually ready. And that's where a lot of people I think need to spend more time at. Because this is evil, because this is the Babylonian system getting set up by Satan, and God is allowing this, no doubt, for the tribulation. But because it's a, a spiritual issue, we have to be prepared spiritually. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, first of all, we have to know that this system hates God and hates believers. And so, therefore, if this system gets implemented and, and we start seeing the stair steps, steps coming in our lifetime, that means we're going to suffer some type of persecution, whether it's soft, legal, uh, or maybe even hard like the rest of our brothers and sisters. I, I don't know. But let's just talk about legal persecution. Right now, they're, they're stomping out our right to speak, free speech. This last year, we just saw them infringe on our right to assemble as, and practice our religion. This last year, we had those rights infringed upon. And so in order to prepare ourselves, what the Bible says is we have to sink deep roots. What do you mean by that? Well, in Matthew 13, there was a parable about the soil. And in one of the soils, the seed sprouted, grew a plant, but the sun came out, and because it, was, it grew up in rocky ground, it didn't have deep roots. And so when the sun came out, scorched it, and th that was a, a representation coming on to a believer who doesn't have deep roots. And the deep roots means I need to be spiritually mature. I need to I need to know how to endure the things that are coming my way, the trials, the hardships, possible persecution. And the only way I can do that, prepare myself, is I've got to sink, sink deep roots. 
And then to go one step further, what do you mean by those deep roots? Well, I got to know how God provides. I got to know how God uh, protects, how he gives me security. All those things I will need during those times, I will have to trust him for it. And if I don't trust him for it, that's when people spin out. They have these, these lack of faith categories with God. Uh, well, I don't know if God's going to provide, so I'll have to provide for myself and, and, and things of that nature. And before you know it, they're not trusting God anymore. So we sink deep roots in order to trust God in provision, protection, uh, presence, his promises, and things of that nature. So that's what I advocate. Pastor Brandon, we like to conclude each broadcast with a word of encouragement for our watchmen and women, those who watch, warn, witness, and seek to finish well in these difficult last days. Speak to our watchmen. Yeah, so so for those out there that probably are aware of what's happening in the world, we're called to a special duty in these last days, a special duty to warn, to to be on top of this, to, to get as many people in the rescue boat as possible. So it's not a time to throw up our hands and give up and surrender. It's a time to be about our Father's business. we got to get people evangelized. We've got to disciple people. we got to do what we're called to do. And so at the very end, when we're called home, the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's what we want to hear. We want to be rewarded for our service to the Lord. So I would just encourage you guys to keep sticking to it. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Brandon, those are powerful words, and we thank you so much for being with us here today. Before we let you go, where can people go to get more information about your ministry? Yeah, just go to the internet, go to our website, rockharborchurch.net, and then on that uh, first page, you'll see all of our links to our Vimeo, Rumble, all of our podcasts and stuff. They'll be all there on the front page, and you can link yourself to that through our website. Wonderful. Again, that's rockharborchurch.net. And we want to thank you again for joining us on A View from the Wall and encourage you to listen again at IamAWatchman.com. That's IamAWatchman.com. You can also sign up for our latest newsletter, download a free ebook, and enjoy other resources to help you in your spiritual journey. We also appreciate your prayers and support to help us serve you and others. Join us next time here on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.